0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to my podcast where I explore the science of health, human performance, and ultimate potential. My name is Dr. Greg Wells, and I'm a scientist with a PhD in human physiology. I have served as a professor in kinesiology at the University of Toronto and as a scientist in translational medicine at SickKids Hospital. I've also worked with dozens of Olympic level athletes through the Canadian Sports Center Network. In this podcast, I do my best to take complex research and make it understandable and actionable for you to improve your health and well-being and perform to your true potential at whatever it is that you care about the most. In each show, I chat with leading experts in the field of productivity, sleep, nutrition, physiology, and psychology, as well as some of the most exceptional performers across all disciplines. Together, we explore the amplifiers that propel us towards high performance and overcome the obstacles that challenge us. Ultimately, I want to share 1% gains that can make a massive difference in your life. Thank you for listening in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Let me know your thoughts and comments on social at Dr. Greg Wells. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's great to be with you, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. We launched Powerhouse recently, the new book, and in Powerhouse, the first chapter is all about breathwork. That has turned out to be the number one area that people are really interested in at the moment. And in order for us to learn more about breathwork and get some insights into the actual practice of breathwork itself, I wanted to bring on an expert to talk exclusively about that. To that end, today we we get to speak to Adrian Rivera. Adrienne is the founder of Breath of Gold, a global breathwork business that supports people in connecting to their wealth and wisdom through breathwork. She is a best selling author, the creator of the Breath of Gold Oracle Deck, and the founder of the Breath of Gold Journal. Her mission is to empower people to reconnect with their breath to realize that everything they desire lies lies within themselves. She trains people to become breathwork certified in the breath of gold facilitator program. And she is known for supporting people to grow and launch successful businesses using the tool of breathwork. Basically she coaches people on using breathwork to reach the best version of themselves. Really excited to have Adrian on the show. We had a great chat uh, and she just has a lot of wisdom and expertise into the practice of breathwork and actually spoke about a number of different types of breathwork that, I wasn't familiar with so i'm psyched to have her on the show i think that you will really enjoy this conversation so to that end without any further delays let's dive into it please enjoy this conversation with my friend adrian rivera all about breathwork adrian welcome to the show good to see you thank you for having me i am super psyched to talk about this i think that breathwork is going to be a huge topic for the next few years it's the opening chapter of the new book and Just as that came out, you reached out and I was like, this is perfect. Let's do this for sure. So fired up to have you here. Can you give us a bit of background? Like give us the origin story. How did you get into breath work and, and training all through all all in this area?
1: Yes, of course. So like all good things, they find us when we're not looking for them. And I found breathwork that way. I stumbled upon a class that was a breathwork class, and I was totally open-minded, curious to see what would happen. And it was a circular connected breathwork session. And that totally changed my life. I had the realization that, you know, everything that I thought I was looking for, you know, was like I literally thought it was outside of me and then I realized that it was within me this whole time. So I have a fitness background, you know, big time athlete, did swimming all throughout high school, did triathlons in college and now run marathons. So I used to also struggle with binge eating disorder. And so I felt like, oh, food is something pleasurable outside of me that I need for comfort. And so breathwork allowed me to realize that I can access better self-connection, you know, internal pleasure you know, feeling the bliss that breath provides and has supported me in you know, just feeling like I have enough within me. And I think that that is something that a lot of people can relate with because, you know, usually we turn to shopping or things that feel good outside of us to try to fill a void or to give us some sort of like stimulation. So that is how I found breath work. And for anyone listening that is wondering what circular connected breath is, it is a naturally psychedelic type of breath work done for an extended period of time, breathing usually for about an hour. And so it is basically a controlled hyperventilation. So we're breathing in a lot for an extended period of time and that creates lots of shifts in the body, such as changing the levels of carbon dioxide and oxygen, increasing pH levels. And it's also thought that DMT may be released naturally in the body through that. And studies have shown that with rats that are in mildly stressful situations, DMT is released in, the, in within them. So the theories are you know, showing that the response that humans have are also very similar. So many people have visions, many people have out-of-body experiences. So that was my whole introduction to breath work. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> it's kind of like a get high in your own supply kind of thing. And then I realized after you know that got me interested in learning all the things. Oh, wait, we can actually use breath work to, you know, enhance our running, you know, perform better, to sleep better, to be healthier. So it's kind of interesting that I got introduced to it with the more activating, sympathetic styles of breath work, and then later on started experimenting with how can I use the breath to improve my marathon time or to sing. I love to sing as well. Like how can I learn to train my breath to sing and hold a note for longer? So there's so many uses for the breath and it's super fun.
0: I'm going to go in a different direction than I thought I was going to go in, but that's totally awesome because you've just brought up a whole bunch of ideas. My brain is sizzling, but let's begin with changing states. You mentioned breath work that can almost induce a psychedelic state so we know that by breathing in different ways and we all breathe automatically but if you change your breathing deliberately you can actually change your state talk to us about that and maybe lead us down the road of sympathetic versus parasympathetic so we can all learn to balance that a little bit better because i know that's top of mind for a lot of people but anyway i'll just throw that out there and like carry on with the stream of consciousness because it's just freaking cool to listen to. So yes, yeah. of
1: course. So a lot of people are very afraid when they hear sympathetic activating sympathetic nervous system, also known as fight or flight more commonly. And so people wonder, you know, wait a second, breath work, breathing deeply should make me feel more calm. What do you mean? I'm activating my sympathetic nervous system. And so from my point of view, everything in moderation, right? So I think of circular connected breath, as like the running workout of the week would be like sprinting. You know, you don't wanna sprint every single workout you do. It is more activating, understand what it's doing in the body and also know that it can be incredibly beneficial. And so usually circular connected breath, holotropic breath work, three-part breath is used to let go of trauma. And the way that it works is that by changing the pace of our breath and activating the sympathetic nervous system, we are limiting the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex, which slows down the monkey mind, the busy part of our brain that is usually problem solving. And it allows us to have the unconscious come to the surface. So, so many people have experiences of having memories from childhood that they haven't remembered in years and releasing a ton of emotional weight, which I find so fascinating. And I'm super passionate about that style of breathwork, as you can tell. Again, we don't want to overdo it, but we want to know that, huh, we've got this really cool power within us to activate us in a way where we can do the deepest healing work that exists. So when it comes to like breathwork for performance or helping people, I personally believe that everyone can benefit from Having some of those deeper experiences that allow them to release it. Because everyone has trauma. (laughs) Um, We can also use it for enhanced creativity, clarity, new ideas as well. And it allows us to see things from multiple perspectives. So rather than just seeing one problem, one solution. It's often that clients will say, you know, wow, I actually feel like I can understand where my ex-wife was coming from. (laughs) Wow, I could actually see that, you know, she was doing the best she could. So it allows us to find these deeper levels of forgiveness, which I think creates more freedom within us. So we can kind of think about those deeper States that we can access in breathwork as like a big purge. We don't need it all the time, (laughs) but it can be really powerful to do a lot of that work. And I mentioned that I run, I'm around a lot of runners. My husband, Darren Thomas, is also a professional runner. He does trail running for Solomon. And ever since I got into breathwork, he was like, How can I use breathwork for my running? How can I use this or that? And what's really fascinating is that he shared with me that a lot of his running friends have opened up to him and said, you know, if I'm going to be really honest, the reason why I run is because I'm running away from something. Or if I didn't run, I would have massive depression or Mm -hmm. I run because I have crazy amounts of anxiety and I have to keep myself sane. So when it comes to breathwork for performance, I'm the breath worker out there that says, hey, you're still a human. You should breathe through your traumas and move that energy away. Even though there are so many books out there, particularly one that I love called The Oxygen Advantage Mm. that talks about, you know, CO2 tolerance and increasing that and athletic performance, which I think is so amazing. But everything serves a time and place, I think, that we get to lower the stigma of sympathetic activating, and also learn how to properly breathe. I shared a little bit about like the activating breath and what it can be used for. When it comes to proper breathing mechanics, we wanna be breathing in and out through the nose, into the belly, so deep diaphragmatic breaths. And that is the opposite of circular connected breath. So you're ta- you're hearing me talk about like naturally psychedelic breath work, that is fast in and out through the mouth, into the chest which are very much sympathetic triggers to the body to again create a state of arousal so that we can tap into those deeper states of consciousness. So normally we don't want to do that. (laughs) Normally every day when we're at our computer or, you know, sitting on the couch, we want to be breathing deep and slow. The optimal breathing rate is about five to six breaths a minute. So most people are breathing very shallowly for a long time and you know, if you think about it, if we have lunch and then we're digesting our meal, we don't want to put our body in a state that is going to be like, "Hey, it's not it's not rest and digest time. You've got to be on high alert. <laughs> there might be a tiger coming. So it's important to understand the breath and those states that it can create in the body. So for those listening that are athletes thinking about breath work for recovery, rest and digest parasympathetic activating that is going to be our best friend so that is again the opposite of <laughs> breath work for releasing trauma and all the you know things that i just mentioned it is going to be nasal breathing lengthening the exhales deep belly breaths breathing less and that is going to have the biggest benefit so yeah i think there's times in place to upregulate our nervous system times and places to downregulate, and What's a fascinating topic these days in terms of like breathwork for athletic performance is should we breathe through the nose during exercise? Super controversial. Like if you look at the Oxygen Advantage, many other breathwork books out there, they say, of course, breathe through the nose. If you are breathing through the mouth, you're overexerting yourself and you should not do that. Use the nose to like control your limits. However, some of the top running coaches that I follow, they're like, no, if you're not going to your fullest potential, you're not actually finding your limits and you're not working your muscles in the the proper way. And you're not actually like going as hard as you need to like win a race. So I'm kind of someone who's in the middle. (laughs) I think that, you know, when it comes to recovery runs or just being in a state of recovery, nose breathing, we want to try to, you know, do as much as possible. And when it comes to like racing, you know, if you need to breathe through the mouth to go fast, I say do it and then recover afterwards (laughs) and work on breath work to increase CO2 tolerance so that your breathing isn't as labored during exercise. Lots of things there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we could go on several hours through all of that stuff. Could you explain what, from your perspective, what is CO2 tolerance? Why should we train it? How do we train it?
1: Yes, great question. So, CO2, carbon dioxide, we have this in our body along with oxygen. We exhale carbon dioxide. And something to note is that when we feel air hunger, this desire to breathe, which can come at any moment during a breath work, during breath holds, when we're working out, when we're having that sensation of, I just can't get enough air in my lungs. And most people think that that comes from, I need more oxygen. Whereas that's not actually the case. It's more so that the air hunger is coming from an incredibly high amount of CO2 in the body that feels uncomfortable. So if anyone here has ever held their breath for a long time and felt like, I need to breathe, especially when that panic part of our brain comes online and we think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to make it another five seconds. And one of my favorite practices to train CO2 tolerance is inhaling for eight seconds, exhaling for 30 it's super simple, super easy. I'm a big fan of easy and it's simple. Not <laughs> easy. I've tried that. It's Maybe. terrible.
0: All right. Yeah, I'll yeah. try it again. So
1: it might be hard at first, you know, start with 15 seconds if it feels okay. challenging, but just working on lengthening the exhales is going to train CO2 tolerance because we're teaching the body to deal with those higher amounts and building resilience around it. So Lots of benefits. It usually helps us to breathe less. The clients that I've worked with, usually the benefits that they share with me, you know, they'll they'll be like, Adrian, I was on a run the other day and I just felt like I didn't have to breathe as deep. Or they'll say, Adrian, I feel like I've been learning so much. And with all of my clients, we do a variety of breath work, both to release trauma. That's how I got into it. So I'm very passionate about that side of breath work things, but also... A lot of them are athletes. They want to be in the best shape of their life. They want to sleep better. They want to improve their health. They learn what mechanics of the breath are more sympathetic inducing versus parasympathetic. And they'll be like, okay, I was on a run. And I was breathing through my mouth, but I felt like I didn't have to breathe into my chest as much. I felt like I was able to breathe deeper into the belly, or, you know, I felt like my breathing wasn't as loud or wasn't as labored. So it's making these like tiny little shifts because of breath work throughout the week and, yeah, really building breath awareness. So I love that. I feel like anything needs to be sustainable. And if it feels outrageous, we won't do it. Going back to my recommended breathing exercise, inhales for eight, exhales for 30. If that feels too hard, don't time yourself just inhale for eight and exhale for as long as you can Mm, and then do that for a few rounds and then build up. Sometimes the timer can kind of freak people out (laughs) and make it all about the time rather than how their body actually feels. And the most important thing when it comes to every style of breath work is practicing interoception, which is simply listening inward and feeling into how does this feel in my body rather than being so strict or rigid to a plan because that's what the plan is. So I feel like there's so many benefits to noting how you feel and that helps everyone. Like for me, how I use this is because I've used breath work to build such self-awareness. If I'm running training for a marathon and my body feels like incredibly tired, I adjust my training plan. I don't, stick to the plan. I listen to my body and that has kept me injury free for a very long time. And I'm very grateful for that. So I think that breathing practices are amazing. And also I want to give everyone listening to this freedom and permission to adjust and kind of figure out what feels good in their body.
0: How would you recommend we think about breath work or breathing during activities? You were a swimmer. I grew up swimming as well done a lot of running and triathlon. So being on the bike and breathing, running and breathing is interesting. I've always thought of it in terms of entrainment, the linking of breath and movement, but how do you think about that? And what could people experiment with to try to optimize their breathing during exercise?
1: Yes. So great question. I will share something that's very popular in the breathwork world right now. And then I'll also share my opinion on it. So if you read Like Oxygen Advantage, if you read other breathwork books out there, what a lot of people are recommending is something called mouth tape, which is literally putting tape over your mouth and then running or doing your exercise and basically trying to force yourself to breathe through the nose so that, you know, it controls the pace of your activity, your effort, kind of makes it more even. That's the new hot thing in the breathwork world. (laughs) Now, do I personally practice that or do I have my clients practice that? No, but I do tell them, hey, this is a thing. If you are curious about it, go look it up and do your own research, form your own opinion. For me, it's more of making sure that we breathe less, breathing lighter, using things from the oxygen advantage and having more CO2 tolerance so that when we actually work out, we're working out hard. We are able to kind of do more in a sense. I'm still a mouth breather. And here's the thing (laughs) when it comes to breathwork books out there, so many people say the quote, I don't know where this quote comes from, but the quote is, you know, noses are for breathing, mouths are for eating. (laughs) May have heard that before, but I love that you're a swimmer because could you imagine if we swam breathing through the nose? It's impossible.
0: Yeah, it's not going to happen. There's no way. It's
1: not going to (laughs) happen. No. No, exactly. Or
0: in so- rowing, imagine a rower going flat out and trying to do that through the nose. It's impossible. Or when you're at high paces in in running, there's just no way you can move that amount of air through the, sn- the small airways, and the resistance would be so high that it would crank the work of breathing up, which would steal blood from your arms and legs. Like I don't, I don't, I I don't, don't buy into that whatsoever. I get it that breathing yeah. through your nose teaches you how to breathe in a slow, controlled deep manner and if you're walking fantastic mouth taping when you're sleeping definitely makes a positive difference for a lot of people but yeah i know i i don't i don't buy i've been holding it in i've been holding it i mean that's complete there's no freaking way that anyone i'm sure that it's possible to run a marathon breathing through your nose and that if you can do that man that's i've got my hat off to you that's incredible but yeah anyway that's interesting i'm glad that we're kind of on the same page on that
1: yeah i'm so grateful for this and this is so refreshing because Everything out there these days is kind of like all or nothing where it's just like mouth breathing is the devil. Never do it. Nose breathing all the way. And I want to caution people out there that read those books to kind of just formulate your own opinion. And again, listen to your body. Same thing. If I look back at the most recent marathon that I did, there's no chance at all that I would have been able to get the time that I did without mouth breathing. Now, of course, I was trying to make sure I wasn't breathing high into my chest. And I did feel that as I was breathing into the diaphragm, I was able to get less, like I was able to get more bang for my buck with my breath. So I'm like, okay, no cramps, no like side stitches in my running. Like I feel really smooth and having a balance is key when it comes to running or athletes or swimmers. My side note is (laughs) coming from my personal training background is that we've got to look at everything as balance. So. I also talk to a lot of yogis. I'm like, yoga, in my opinion, is not enough of a workout. Like We need cardio. Everyone needs cardio. Everyone needs flexibility. Everyone needs strength. So when it comes to breathing, isn't it also that way that sometimes we need to upregulate? Sometimes we need to downregulate. Sometimes we just need to build that breath awareness and that self-connection. So yeah, I love that we're on the same page with this.
0: Yeah. Balance is is a lost thought right now. And anything that's at the extremes is going to get you a lot of chatter on, on social. And unfortunately the extremes r- rarely lead to anything that's sustainable long-term. So like mouth taping when you run, yeah, you're going to form some strong opinions about that and you'll get lots of <laughs> likes and follows, but I'm not sure if that's, um, so I appreciate your pragmatism and your balanced view on this. It's super cool. If people wanted to get started learning about deliberately controlling their breathing, to change their state, to improve their performance, to improve their health, where would you recommend they begin to explore?
1: That's a good question. So for me, I'm very grateful that I got introduced to breath work through the more psychedelic types of breath because I don't feel that I would have had the appreciation for what I know now about proper breathing and down regulation if it wasn't for this incredible transformation that I've had through the activating styles of breath work. So I would say, you know, if it's, if someone here is listening and you are resonating with knowing that there might be energy or things within you that are not processed, like things from childhood, emotions, and you're curious about what could be unearthed, I would say, you know, find some circular connected breath work or holotropic breath work or three-part breath work and see if that resonates with you because you might feel a lot lighter, and that might help you a lot in every other area of your life. Now, if you're curious, there's so many books out there. I did mention Oxygen Advantage. That's a great one. Um, Jesse Coomer also has a great book called A Practical Gu- Guide to Breathwork. Both of those talk about a lot of you know, breathwork for athletes, which is really great. So those are two resources that I really like. With anyone, I think you can benefit from just noticing how you're breathing throughout the day. If you notice that you're gasping a lot, there could probably be some benefits to your proper breathing mechanics. You know, If you see yourself in the mirror and your chest is raising a lot naturally, we want to try to correct that as much as possible and then know that those methods of breathing are totally fine if practiced (laughs) with the intention of altering your state and going deep with that. So um, one of the best, easiest breathwork techniques to get started is called box breath. And this is breathing in for four, through the nose, holding for four, exhaling for four, and then holding for four. And that is just super easy, super simple. The Navy SEALs practice that breath and just really helps with focus and calm and balancing the nervous system. So that's a great one. Four, eight breathing, where it's inhale four through the nose, exhale eight, slowly through the mouth with pursed lips. That's really great for sleeping. Any of my clients that you know, they're feeling so energized before going to bed, they use that and it puts them right to sleep like a baby. <laughs> and that's really great. I would say overall to make breath work really simple. There's a few things to keep in mind. When we think about the nose, that is primarily a parasympathetic trigger, the mouth, primarily a sympathetic trigger. Hmm. The chest is more sympathetic. Belly is more parasympathetic, so where we're breathing into the body, can also send signals to our nervous system. And usually the inhales are more energizing or um, activating. Also a sympathetic trigger as well as parasympathetic would be exhales. So that's why when you think about 4-8 breathing, oh, we're breathing through the nose, we're breathing through the belly, exhales are longer than the inhales. Like all of those are parasympathetic. Whereas if we look at circular connected breath, it's into the heart space, the chest, the mouth, we're breathing in more than we're letting go of air. And so all three of those are sympathetic triggers. Doesn't mean that someone in a circular connected breath work is going to feel like a tiger is chasing them. (laughs) Most people feel really calm, but it does support the body in releasing things. And if we think about the elements of crying, We cannot cry breathing through the nose. (laughs) Thank goodness for the mouth and thank goodness for sound. So when we breathe into the chest and we do these similar elements, it kind of helps the body to potentially cry, potentially release, potentially have this emotional release that some of us are so walled up that we don't actually know how to cry and haven't cried in years. So it can be-
0: What are you talking about? no idea what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) What is that word? I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, there's, um, you know, hopefully that brings it down into a very easy to understand way. I have a lot of breathwork resources on my website at breathofgold.com. And I also have a free resource for anyone that's wanting to try the more activating styles of breathwork, which is breathofgold.com slash Sunday dash breathwork. That link will take you to a free breathwork class with me any Sunday. And it's just a really fun way to just see, wow, like the breath can really do so much when it comes to changing states. And I always share a little bit about, you know, proper breathing mechanics, like really understanding what we're doing and why. And I feel like that is really important.
0: Adrian, if people want to learn a little bit more about you, uh, where can they go? You mentioned breathofgold.com. I've got that. I'll put that in the show notes. What about your webpage? um, If people want to follow you and figure out what you're up to and maybe connect to learn a little bit more?
1: Yeah. Instagram is a great place to connect. I have my business on there at Breath of Gold. And then my personal is at Adrienne Rivera Coaching. And both of those are really great ways um, to connect and feel free to send me a voice note, You know, share what goals you might have with Breathwork. And I can give you some pointers and put you in the right direction.
0: You're amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. I really appreciate it. This is so timely. So many people are speaking about it. You've brought a ton of clarity to it and also opened up my mind as well to reminding me about the potential in terms of changing states and opening up other possibilities. So I greatly appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Dr. Greg Wells podcast. If you found this show informative and helpful, check out my blog at drgregwells.com for additional insights and resources on health and human performance. I update the blog a couple times a month. To stay up to date on the latest tips, articles, and videos, be sure to follow me on social at Dr. Greg Wells. My goal on social is to keep your health and wellness and positivity at the forefront of your mind, and so I would be thrilled to connect with you there. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to the podcast. That helps us out a ton and leave a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated and helps me to continue to produce valuable content that's relevant to all of you. Please feel free to share this episode with your friends and community. That helps a ton as well. And that brings this week's show to an end. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Have a great week, everyone.